Hey everyone, this is Michael. I'm here with Andre and we're getting ready for our second interview, which will be with Nate Hilgenkamp from Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco. And we're really excited to get on with him. I'm sure he'll have lots of wisdom to share. What do you think? Hey man, yeah, I'm really excited for, for this interview. Uh, I'm really excited to see you know all that Nate has to say to us and all he has to add to the podcast. I'm really excited to you know just pick his brain and it'll be different from our first interview, but I think this one's going to be equally as good for listeners. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope you guys enjoy this interview with Nate Hilgenkamp. Hey, everyone. We're, we're here with Nate Hilgenkamp from Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, and we're just going to start off our interview by having him introduce himself. So do you want to talk a little, about, a little bit about yourself, what you do, some of your hobbies? Yeah, so uh, my name's Nate Hilgenkamp. I am the college pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church. Uh, down in the best college town in the United States of America, Waco, Texas. That's debatable. Um, yeah, Waco is the place to be right now. It's getting cooler every single day. Uh, people are moving here from California. I mean, this is the place to be. Um, so I, I went to Baylor uh, as an undergrad, went to Baylor's seminary as well, and uh, came on staff uh, at Harris Creek in 2016. So I've been on staff now for four and a half years doing college ministry here. Uh, it's just been a blast to see our, our church grow um, in these last this last year and a half specifically because we've got a, a somewhat new pastor. His name is Jonathan Bakuda or JP, and uh, he and I uh, have started a, a podcast called Becoming Something that has just been so fun to be a part of, and it's kind of uh, blown up across the country all because of his reach, and uh, it's just been fun to get to work with him. He, honestly, he's someone who I'd listen to for years and years and years. So now to, to work with him is just kind of crazy. Um, but it's been a fun ride for this last year and a half or so. Yeah, Becoming Something is an awesome podcast. And for those of you who might be listening and haven't listened to it, you should definitely go check it out. And JP, Nate, and Kathy Davidson, Kathy, Kathy Davidson share a lot of wisdom from the Bible. What's your favorite part about podcasting with them? Uh, my favorite part is like we're, we're genuinely friends. So whenever we're hanging out in the podcast studio, it's like we're genuinely just hanging out. It doesn't feel like work at all. Like maybe that's bad to say, but I'm like, I can't believe we're paid to do this because we're just hanging out and talking like your friends would around a bonfire or like around dinner or whatever it is. We're just hanging out and talking. And um, honestly, I learn so much from the podcast like anyone else would because JP has basically memorized the whole Bible. So I'll ask him a question and he'll just be quoting first Thessalonians and Isaiah and Psalm and, and whatever else. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Like every single week I'm getting a, a picture of like who I want to be. So one, it's just cool to hang out with friends. And two, it's, it's, it's so, um, it's just like humbling to work with JP and I get to learn from him every single week. So those are my two favorite things about doing becoming something. Yeah. We actually got to listen to the episode that just came out today. Uh, for anyone who like hasn't listened to it yet, it was called "Stewardship is a Lame Word," and we kind of just got to see like firsthand. You're talking about like your some of your hobbies of like uh, doing day trading and that kind of thing. You guys got to talk about sports. Yeah. It seems like it seems just really fun to do, and it's definitely something that uh, Mike and I have tried to emulate a little bit. And we've looked to you guys as an example of a, of a Christian podcast that we want to. Really Wait, so you guys you guys emulate my day trading? No, not your. <laughs> I, we don't know anything about your day trading, but just the becoming okay, something good. itself. Because I was going to say, on the podcast today, I said, um, buy Tesla. It would really help me out. It will make me a lot, a lot of money. 
and it went up 9.47% today. I think it's because I mentioned it and people started buying it. Like, I think it's because of me. So Elon Musk owes me for helping his stock price. Oh, so, anyway. big, big time. Mike and I have dabbled a little bit in the endorsements of, of different things. And I don't really know how big of an impact we're making, but <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> But if That's if awesome. you if you drink coffee, the the peppermint mocha coffee mate, we recommend it for sure. So I, I actually don't really like coffee, which I Are I know is crazy, but wow, I, know, I, I I I I can only drink like the super girly drinks, like the vanilla <laughs> lattes and stuff like that. I, I I can't do like black coffee. So. Oh, black coffee's awful. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's no, crazy. if you okay, good. That makes me feel better. Yeah. yeah ice ice coffee with vanilla or something in it yeah that's pretty good this i'm actually holding a nitro cold brew with some vanilla and sweet cream so it's not like black coffee or anything like that okay good i'm glad okay i'm glad that i'm not uh you guys still have respect for me like because there are some coffee snobs that are like you only have to drink black and uh i just i don't understand it oh black coffee is terrible yeah actually i went to waco like oh about a week ago and i went to like the whole magnolia thing how, how awesome was it? It was, just it was like, no, it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. But they have like a coffee shop there that's like I think pretty famous or well known or whatever. And I got whatever they recommended, and it was it it had an odd taste. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something wrong with the Waco coffee. That's why you don't like it. <laughs> oh my gosh, was it Common Grounds? Yes, yes. It was. Oh, I've been there. That place is pretty good. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. But yeah, we only have like three coffee shops, so like. I don't even know what good coffee is because it's it's Starbucks, Common Grounds, and like one other one. So I'm sure up in Norman and and uh, uh, wherever Georgia Tech is, Atlanta, you have like a thousand options. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of options in Atlanta. Sadly, my favorite option just closed down because of COVID and all that. So oh but, dang, that's a bummer. yeah. It was on Instagram and everyone's reposting it. Just sad. <laughs> Man, that's a bummer. Yeah. So. The first question we really wanted to ask you is since you spend a lot of time with college students and that's pretty much your, your job capacity at Harris Creek, what would you say are your main pitfalls in the faith for college students and how do you try to combat that or what do you think about that? Yeah, one, one of the main pitfalls is who you hang out with. Uh, I've seen it over and over and over again. Even people who come in as a freshman and they seem pretty solid and then they get in with a just people who, who aren't even necessarily like bad guys or bad girls. They just like aren't pursuing Jesus. And I, I've watched those people join those friend groups. They've intentionally chosen those friend groups and they're a different person their senior year than they were their freshman year um, because they're not growing in their faith because every single day they're not having conversations about Jesus. They're not being sharpened. They're not being uh, pursued by anyone else. They're just like, going with the flow of the college life and they're doing what their roommates doing and, and they're, they're drinking what their roommates drinking and um, just a, a failure to own your faith on your own. And you just get thrown into a friend group that isn't pursuing Jesus. You will fail every single time. You will become the, the average of the, your five closest friends. I don't know if that's a scientific fact. I don't know where that comes from, but <laughs> I've, I've heard that from smart people that you will become the average of your five closest friends. And in college, I've just seen people make bad decisions with their friends, um, whether it's just to get in some cool friend group or, or whatever. Um, if you're hanging out with the wrong people, you're just not going to grow in your faith. So when, when you go to college, you just need to like throw aside social standing, throw aside 
um, all that stuff, what, what people care about you, what people think about you, and just get after it on your own. Pursue Jesus. Find some people at your church. I don't care if they're um, – you think they're nerds, you think they're too cool, you think they're whatever. If they're pursuing Jesus, those are the people that you want to spend time with, um, and you will grow in your love for him. So that's like the number one thing that I always tell college students. The number two thing is just apathy. Like um, working at Baylor, it's a Christian school. Everyone's a Christian at Baylor, um, which is, <laughs> that's not true. Everyone thinks they are. Um, and it just turns into apathy. So it's like, man, I was raised in a, a Christian home and um, I, I went to church a month ago. So, and you just start to go through the motions and you just become really, really apathetic in your faith and, and you lose that edge um, that, that maybe you had in, in your youth group in high school where, where you came to know Jesus for the first time and you just wanted to get after it and you were praying for people and you were sharing the gospel and you were getting in the word. But in college, you just, uh, man, you've got that intramural game. You got that test you got to study for. You got uh, that girl that you want to take out on a date and all this stuff just gets in the way and your faith just becomes kind of blah and bland and you just get really, really apathetic. Um, and I've watched people, really because of laziness, lose their, their excitement for the gospel. So those two things really stand out. Your friend groups and, and apathy um, slash laziness, that will keep you from growing your love for Jesus. Well, that's really good. I think on becoming something, before y'all have said, I might be phrasing it wrong, but pick your playground or something like that and who you hang out with. And that really reminds yeah, me of yeah, that. Yeah, JP always says, uh, it, like, if, if you're not in a good spot, you need to change your playmates, change your playground. Um, change the people you hang out with, change the places you go. Um, and, and that will really like determine where you'll be the next year, the next two years, the next three years. So and yeah, you, you're, you're exactly right. You mentioned sharing the gospel, but we were tipped off by our friend Neha who interns at Harris Creek. And she said that you're really passionate about evangelism. And we were wondering if you had anything on, on that note to share. Yeah. I was talking to her about this last week and she was asking me like, what my thoughts are about evangelism, what, what we've done wrong. And I just think we we've made it weird and it doesn't have to be weird. Like the gospel is literally good news. I think so often we approach it as like, um, like I'm just going to be sharing bad news with people and, and I'm afraid I'm going to offend them and whatever else. And it's like, no, you're literally giving good news to people. And, and, and when you care about something, you'll talk to them about it. For instance, right before we started this podcast, I have an, uh, an obsession or an idolatry with Baylor football. I just, I love Baylor football. Uh, my life revolves around it. And we were talking about it. I, I, I couldn't help it. I, just, I brought it up and we were talking about how Baylor's better than Oklahoma. And I couldn't believe you admitted that. Oh and, gosh. Uh, just that so grateful you that, that never got admitted. That never got admitted. Nate and I were both at the two games Baylor played against OU last year. And we all know the outcome of those two games. Yeah, and I think it was the refs. I think that's the the reason why why we lost. <laughs> but anyway, when you care about something, it just kind of comes up. Um, so I think when I think of evangelism, I just think of, man, you're just talking about things you care about. So um, whether it's close friends who don't know Jesus or whether it's, I don't know, some random person, when you just start talking to people, Jesus should come up in conversation because you've, you've been thinking about him, you've been talking to him, and um, – and you want other people to know about it. So um, I, I think we've made it awkward because we think it's just only bad news when it's really the best news ever. And uh, and it should just be normal because we care about it. We, we this, is, this is like why we exist. 
is to love God and serve God. And uh, that should come up in conversation just as Baylor football or trading stocks or uh, whatever else you do, whatever your hobbies are, they just come up because you're thinking about it all the time. I think that's how it should be in our walk with Jesus. I totally agree with you. I think one of the biggest changes for me going from just kind of a lot of not really uh, being super focused on just thinking about like my friend groups and all that kind of stuff once I like got into that Christian friend group and like went to church with them consistently, just knew who my group was when it came to my faith, that like made such a big difference for me to like allowed me to have more confidence to talk about my faith. And I actually remember last semester, there was one of my friends, uh, she was like, she was asking me questions about my faith and I felt super confident telling her like how much joy it brought me. And she was like, you know, I've never really read a Bible, but like, do you have any recommendations for which Bible I should buy? Cause I kind of want to like, just like look into it and see why you're so passionate about it. And, like, anytime that something like that happens, you just think, like, that boldness that, that it brings about you by spending so much time around people who have similar beliefs, share that faith with you, and want to grow with you, it just, like, changes the game completely when, when it comes to evangelism on a college campus. Yeah. yeah, I think people will be confused. Like what you just said, I've heard that story a thousand times in, in, in the best way because um, whenever you're really excited about something and passionate about something, especially Jesus, there are so many college students um, – especially on, on campuses, I'm sure like Oklahoma or Georgia Tech, uh, who, who aren't following Jesus or haven't really seen anyone follow Jesus. It's when they meet someone who actually is, they're like, what in the world is this? Like, they care about it. Jesus has changed their life. Like, I'm kind of interested. Like, at the very least, they're, they're going to be intrigued. So, um, like, like, we're not living in Paul's day. We're not going to be whipped and brutally persecuted. The worst thing that could possibly happen to you is someone – it just kind of shuts you down and y'all walk away and it was a little awkward. Like that's the worst thing that could happen. And if that's the worst thing, it's like, man, who cares? Yeah. And I think often when we think of sharing the gospel and we get, sh- we get scared, it's because we think we're going to run in automatically to that like anti-Christian strong, angry atheist or something. And that's practically never been my experience. Everyone's always curious if you're genuine, if you're genuine about sharing it with them. Yeah, mo- most people, and I live in Texas, so this is it's different for everyone. But most people here are like kind of Christian, so you're not going to come into that person who's well. You, you typically don't come into that person who's the atheist who's going to ask you about that verse in Ezekiel that you don't have the answer to, <laughs> or um, some random thing about the dinosaurs. Like they're just going to be like, "Man, I haven't really thought about that in a while." And and then you just kind of get to share about Jesus, and and they're not they aren't thinking about these things. They're just going about their life and trying to be happy, trying to, trying to find a purpose. Um, and like, they're, they're not thinking about all these crazy random questions that like, uh, Richard Dawkins or, or any like leading atheists would like, you're more prepared than you think you are to share the gospel. Yeah. I like what you said about earlier, a couple minutes ago about how if we're changed by Jesus and our life revolves around him, then people see that because even on this podcast, we talk a lot about theology, but for people seeing it from the outside, it makes a big difference if it just doesn't seem theologically abstract, but it's actually changed our lives because that's a lot more powerful and personal to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't care about, um, I, don't, I, I, I don't really care about some random thing that happened in India, but I would care if that random thing happened in Waco because that affected me personally, like, it, people care about things that happen to, to, to like you personally. Like they want to hear stories about um, how your life was changed. They don't want to hear about some random story necessarily from 
2000 years ago in, in, uh, the middle East, like they want to hear how God's working today. So, um, and, and everything that's happening today points back to what, what happened 2000 years ago with Jesus. But, um, people really, really resonate when you can say, Hey, this happened to me. This is what God did to my life. I think a big thing too, is a lot of times if we like, don't feel like we have the right words, a big part about, like you said, having that Christian friend group is being plugged into a church and having the ability to be like, Hey, come with my friends. Let's go to church. Like you check it out, check out the worship, check out the message, check out this pastor. What do you, what would you say to someone going to church, um, going to college for the first time of looking what church they might want to get plugged into or what to look for and where they may want to go to church? Yeah. I mean, I, I could add this to point number one or the question number one. If you're not going to get plugged into the church, you're not going to grow in your faith because I know, I know of a lot of people who they got to, they got to college their freshman year and they kind of went to church initially, but then they were like, you know, I, I already know all the answers. Like I've, I've heard that sermon before. I've, I've been to church my whole life and I, you just kind of stop going, man, that is the worst thing you can do in your faith because, uh, church is, is so important for so many reasons. One, it, it just, uh, reorients your life around Jesus. Every single Sunday, you're reminded of who you are and whose you are. And in college, there's so many ups and downs. Um, there's, there's breakups, there's bad test results. There's uh, a, a friendship that's gone bad, whatever it is. There's so many ups and downs in college and every single Sunday morning, you need to know that you're going to be reminded about your relationship with Jesus. And then you're also going to meet a lot of people at church. Um, whether it's pastors, whether it's older men, uh, or older women who you need to know, um, whether it's older, uh, whether it's people, your age, um, you, you will come into a community at your church. The longer you're there, um, who will help you grow in your love for Jesus. And, and you're called to be a part of the body of believers. Like you can't be a Christian and not be a part of the church. Like you are a part of the church, whether you like it or not. So you might as well show up and be ready to serve because that's what God created you to do. Uh, you, you, there is no such thing as an isolated Christian. Like we're supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to not just go to church for, for ourselves, but we're supposed to go to church to help each other. Um, so um, it, I really do think it's, it's not just like, man, I think you probably should go to church. It's no, God has called you to go to church because he's called you to be the church. Um, so that's just what I try to tell college students is this isn't like a four year break you can take to go have fun. This is like the time when you really dig deep, um, and find roots in your faith. And the only way to do that is through being involved in a local church. And it might not be Matt Chandler. It might not be JP. It might be some average preacher but um wherever it is like uh you can grow there so I, I know it's so hard because we have access to all these famous pastors who are amazing communicators and that's great like you should listen to them monday through saturday whatever else um but but there's something to being in a local body of believers where they can know your sin they can know where you're at with jesus and they can help you grow every single day for sure so what would you say it looks like to not just be somebody who understands or agrees with the importance of going every Sunday and being reminded of what you were talking about, but needs perhaps to be more convinced that it's worthwhile to be a member at a church or to at least engage with the church in a way that they can serve and use their spiritual gifts in the body. Yeah. So I think the main problem that our generation uh, comes across is like, how does this help me? How does this help me? Is this going to be the best use of my time? Am I going to enjoy this? And I'm kind of like, I don't really care. 
Like you don't exist for you. And, and one of the reasons why we are so anxious and, and uh, depressed and stressed is that we're only just thinking about me. How, how can I be happier today? How can, how can I get the most out of today? When we're called to lay our lives down, like Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. So that might mean serving in the youth ministry when you don't like kids. That might mean holding a baby when you don't like holding a baby in, in the nursery on Sunday morning. That might mean holding a door and you don't see the purpose to it. Um, but it doesn't really matter. Like what matters is that you are called to serve um, and, and to be a part of Christ's body. So that's that's kind of what I would tell people is like, I, I'm not going to convince you that uh, this is going to be the most uh, impactful hour of your week, even though I think it will. I'm just going to try to convince you that this is what Jesus called you to do. And if you believe that God exists, if you believe that God's word is true and it calls you to be a part of the body of believers, it calls you to serve, uh, to lay your life down for the sake of the gospel, then you can show up to church and you can serve. Um, and and I think you're going to look back. Uh, for instance, I, I served in our youth ministry for three years in college and there would be times when I would leave and I was like, that was a nightmare. Like I just was trying to corral them the whole time. We never had a deep conversation, but, uh, but then I look back like year after year after year in that consistency, I just got to see guys grow where I was like, man, I met them when they were, when they were a seventh grader and now they're a, a, a ninth grader and the amount of growth is just amazing. And it's just from showing up week after week after week. And it's the same for you showing up at church week after week after week, you might not feel the most growth you've ever had. Um, uh, you might not be in tears every single Sunday, but just that consistency of showing up is going to change you. It, it just does. I've seen it. Um, and it just takes the a discipline of showing up week in and week out. Yeah, for sure. I like what you said about how it might, might not always feel like the most impactful moment, but it is because last year I was part of the setup team at my church in Norman. So I'd get there an hour before the service started and help set up the chairs before the service. And before you actually do it, it might feel like, why would I wake up an hour earlier just to go set up chairs? Like, that sounds boring. But as my college pastor says there, it often, like, sets the pace for worship and it helps you get involved. And, like, that was, like, a really good time. So I, I definitely agree with what you said there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so <laughs> I agree with what you're saying, too. Uh, but looking to our next question, uh, we kind of had – this is more of a, a, a fun question, I guess. But if, if you were to write a book about any topic, what would it be and why? And then also, if you could have a co-author on this book, who would you choose? Yeah, I, I love that question. So I think I would um, write a book about finishing well. So like my only desire in life is to, whenever I die, whenever that is, whenever I'm, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever it is, I want to die still loving Jesus, still pursuing Jesus. Like I, that is my only goal is I, I want to finish this race well. And, um, I, I think I would write about that because I've seen so many pastors not finish well, whether it's, uh, whether it's an affair, whether it's ego, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's, uh, just pursuit of money, whatever it is, I've seen pastors fall. We, we all have, whether it's someone local or, uh, some big name pastor, I, I've just seen that happen so much. I just am like terrified of that for me. I just, I don't want that for me. Um, so I would want to write a book about uh, how to finish well, which is hilarious because I'm, I'm 26. Like hopefully I'm just getting started. Um, but I would just want to take biblical principles of like, here's how you stay in love with Jesus all your life. 
And then if, if I could pick a co-author, I'd pick Tim Keller. Um, oh, that's a really good one. I love his wisdom. And I think it'd be cool to pair a, a younger believer with someone who's been at it for a long time. Um, so I think there's something there. So if y'all have any contacts with Tim, I would, I would yeah. love to uh, write a book with him. <laughs> well, we would love contact with Tim, and I think you, you'd you be able to get it before us. But Tim Keller's, <laughs> Tim Keller's book, The Reason for God, is really good. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've read a bunch of his books. His, what's crazy about his books is his, like, end notes or whatever his citations are is like longer than the book itself because he's read all these other books <laughs> in preparation for it. I don't know how he has time for it, but it, it's amazing. It's funny because when you said Tim Keller, I was reminded that I still have a copy of one of Mike's books by Tim Keller on my shelf. <laughs> I need to return eventually. You got to read it, bro. Come yeah. on. <laughs> so good. Tim Keller is really, really good. But if you ever write a book with Tim Keller, we would love to have you on with him. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. I'll bring him on. Yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then another question that's kind of similar is, we know you preach sometimes on Sundays, and I actually remember listening to a, a sermon you preached on contentment that was really good. Do you have any pre- preaching role models, perhaps, or role models in the faith that you like to look up to when it comes to preaching and pastoring? Yeah, I mean, one of them's JP. Just honestly, like I, I've, like I said, I was listening to him years before he came on staff here at Harris Creek. So it's been really cool to get to learn from him every single day. It's like a cheat code getting to just learn everything that he's learned in ministry. Uh, so JP's one of them. Um, I I've listened to a ton of Matt Chandler. Um, but I, I also like to listen to different styles of preaching because there's different, there's different people that I've learned different things from. And I'm, I'm almost even afraid to say names because there've been seasons of my life where I've listened to people, uh, that I wouldn't necessarily recommend right now, but he, here, here are people that I have listened to. I've listened to uh, Matt Chandler, Judah Smith, uh, JD Greer. He's not a name that's as big necessarily. Oh, he's, he's really good. He's president. If anyone's listening and doesn't know who that is, he's president of the Southern Baptist convention and he's really good. Yeah. And, yeah. And he, so he's the pastor of the summit church and he's just amazing. Um, there's a season where I listen to Stephen Furtick a lot. Uh, so there's a lot of different preachers <laughs> where you can learn things from, even if you're like, man, I wouldn't necessarily do it that way. Like I love Judah Smith's storytelling, but I love like Matt Chandler's, uh, depth every single sermon. And, uh, I, I love the way that JP can convict people. So I would just say like, man, listen to a lot of people don't try to emulate anyone because you just gotta be you. But, um, I, I listen to a lot of different people and just try to learn from them because, God can use uh, a bunch of different people to to change your life. So those are those are kind of the people that I've listened to. Yeah, I like what you said because it's easy to listen to a really good speaker, say Matt Chandler or something, and then want to talk or be just like him rather than just learn from him and still be yourself. And I feel like that's a crucial distinction. Yeah, and I think I've got I've gotten the the ability to like learn that firsthand and in, in working with JP and preaching alongside JP, where it's like. I'm not JP. And if I, if I go up there and try to be JP, everyone would sniff that out and it would be embarrassing. Like I'm not, I'm, I, I'm just not JP. I'm made differently. And, and that's great. I just got to go out and do my thing and do what God has created me to do. And I just got to run my lane and, um, whatever that is for you, go for it, do it with all your heart. Um, because I think that's how God's honored. When, when, when you are the best possible, most godly version of you that you are, not you trying to be Matt Chandler, not you trying to be Judah Smith or whatever, uh, you just serve the Lord faithfully. Um, I, I, that's just how I've seen the most fulfillment uh, as well as when I'm just trying to be me. I think that really goes a lot with like 
building those roots, like even in high in college, finding a church, like you can serve in and doing that kind of thing just like helps you like find your place and like find your own style of, of how you want to do that. And I, totally. I yeah. And, and so, and so many people when they, at least this is what I'm learning. It's kind of a weird thing because we've got all these famous Instagram Christians. Like you can be famous for being a Christian now, uh, whether it's Sadie Robertson or Tim Tebow or all these famous pastors, Carl Lentz, like whatever it is, you'd be famous for being a Christian. Now, I've, I've learned, I've, I've seen this. And I, I think it's true that a lot of times when I'm talking to college students who say they want to go into ministry, what, what they're saying is I want to be famous. I, I want to have 10,000 Instagram followers. I, I want to have this huge following when really like ministry, most of the time means like you're, you're setting up chairs, exactly what you said. Like you're not being seen by anyone. Like you are not famous. You're just like moving chairs and moving couches and, and doing the small things. You're mopping the floors and that's, that's ministry. It's not necessarily posting to Instagram where, there, where there's 50,000 people. If that happens, great. If that doesn't happen, great. Just like run your lane and be who God has created you to be. Yeah, I think the average SBC church is only like 250 members. So the totally. average person going into ministry isn't ending up with, you know, JP's following anyways. Exactly. Exactly. And that's fine. Like, exactly. Whether yeah. you're, one, one of the things that JP, one of the, the most important lessons that he's given me was he's like, Nate, if you're more excited to preach to a thousand people than you are to teach one person, then it's about the numbers. It's not about using your gift. Wow. That's really uh, good. That, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was one thing that we were talking about just yesterday was, uh, learning a lot and like just diving into the faith in college. Just if you're not going to go into ministry, like your ministry can be in your job, like whatever that is, you can you can be inviting people to church. You can be showing, telling people about your faith and all that kind of stuff in any workplace, in any environment. Like you, we should like be looking to always be on mission. Yeah, and and that answer is not a cop out. Like I think sometimes people feel like, well, I can't. I'm gonna say I'm like going into ministry, even though I'm in the business world or whatever. It's like, no, we need Christian leaders in every sphere. I don't care if you're working at McDonald's or you're the CEO of of Tesla, whatever it is. Like <laughs> we we need Christians everywhere so it doesn't matter if you are in ministry in a church or if you're in ministry in uh working for at&t or uh whatever it is like uh you are you are in ministry whatever you're doing so Wait, I, I think that's great do you just want a christian to be ceo of tesla so they'll help you out is that a yes is that a push for I yourself just want a free, i can't afford a tesla i want someone <laughs> to give me a tesla like that is my only hope in life i want to drive a tesla someday you, and i'm not going to pay for it so you, you could try the trading a, a paper clip for a tesla just, just trade your way up yes exactly have, I, I gotta find a paper clip first i don't even know that <laughs> have you seen the ted talk with it's like how you can trade a paper clip for a house and the guy slowly works himself up or something Dude, I don't believe that stuff. People make that up so they can have their own TED Talk. Like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, basically, the, the principle is just like you slowly trade something for something more valuable and you'd work your way up to a house. Maybe you can get that with the Tesla. Yeah, that's amazing. JP does stuff like that. He, like, buys and sells random things. And I'm, I'm sure if anyone could do it, he could do it. So that's hilarious. Well, maybe he can get you the Tesla. Uh, yeah, he could. Seriously. Maybe if you if you write the book with Tim Keller and then sell it, maybe you can get your Tesla money that, that way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. I just got to get with Tim first. Yeah, that that would be really good. So talking about JP and just some of the things he's taught you, 
uh, we are wondering if, since on the Becoming Something podcast, and this is some background for listeners who don't listen to that, but you should if you if you haven't yet. JP and Nate love to have rap battles, and Nate and JP both think that they're super good, and often the winner falls on one side. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil who the who the winner usually is. We'll leave that for you guys to decide when you go listen to Becoming Something. But Nate, would you like to give a rap about JP for us? Oh, of course, of course. So, just to set this up, uh, you said Nate and JP love rap battles. JP loves rap battles. He grew up listening to rap. My my like nearest thing of listening to rap growing up was Toby Mac. So I like uh, we're we're in two very different ball ballparks. But but uh, I think I could create something. So. Um, Hey, yo, JP, you're really, really tall. It's kind of weird. You can't even ball. Hey, bro, you think you know how to preach? I don't know. I'd say that's a reach. JP, I know you've written lots of books, but it's weird because you don't know how to cook. And uh, that's all I got. I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, we Thank. were, we didn't want to challenge you to a rap battle. We thought it'd be better if we just kept the becoming something tradition going. Maybe if we have, we G- maybe if we have yeah, JP on, we can have him rap about you, but thanks so much for sharing your rap as well. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for letting me have the opportunity to use my spiritual gifts. And maybe, <laughs> and maybe if you, if you have a write with Tim Keller, you'll have to tell him that part of finishing well is just continually increasing your ability to rap battle over the course of your ministry. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Tim would like love that. I'm, I'm sure he listens to a lot of rap. <laughs> we, we appreciate you coming on a lot. Like, we, we had a really great time uh, interviewing you and just absorbing as much knowledge as we could from you. It was really fun. Well, hey, thanks for hanging out. I'm, I'm so encouraged by your podcast and uh, honored to be a part of it. Thanks so much. And listeners, if you only can pick one podcast, don't listen to ours. Go listen to Becoming Something. You'll learn lots of wisdom from Kathy, Nate, and JP. And thanks again, Nate, for coming on. And OU will always be better than Baylor. Sick and Bears. Come on, baby. Go Baylor. <laughs> wow, man. That was a really good interview. That was really just awesome to see all the things you had to say about, you know, uh, joining a church in college and just having. Uh, people in every field that are Christians to spread the name of Christ. You know, that was just really cool. Especially since we had like literally been talking about that uh, a couple of days ago. I, I don't know. That was just really cool. Yeah, for sure. I think my favorite thing you talked about and this kind of, or is two things that kind of fit into one, but you know, picking who you surround yourself with and making sure you're plugged into a biblical church because your church community can be, you know, your closest friends and who you are surrounding yourself with. And I just think that we spend so much time in class in college and studying and stuff that making church a priority is like a struggle for some people, especially when they first get to campus and getting plugged into a biblical church that loves to pursue Jesus and shares the gospel with those people around them. That's the most important thing possible in college. Oh, for sure. It was definitely difficult for me. And I definitely learned a lot from Nate and I hope that everyone listening learned a lot too. Uh, the rap battle thing was kind of super funny though yeah <laughs> yeah if you if you haven't listened to becoming something before that is just something that nate and jp go back and forth with and it is super funny and i was dying laughing when nate was roasting jp pretty much yeah that was great i mean maybe we'll like post it to our instagram story or something so you guys can see how funny it was with video yeah for sure but thanks so much for tuning into the interview today 
And we hope you join us on Monday where we'll be diving into Nehemiah chapter 10. Thanks so much. <laughs>